Hello, this is Thomas. I am a socially curious person who loves connection. My life is filled with wonderful people, and I thought it was about time that I started talking to them, really talking to them, learning, growing, understanding what our lives are like. You know, when social media started, uh, it was a place where I could connect with people I hadn't spoken to in years. It was a place to get to know what was going on in our lives and our families. And now it's just become a place to monetize those connections. It's a place that causes me anxiety and frustration instead of joy and hope. I want to get back to that. And I want to do that by talking to my friends and sharing those conversations with you. Today, this is my conversation with my friend Lisa. So are you sure it's a sinus infection and not the COVID? Yeah. Are you sure? Are you sure you're not just forwarding a liberal conspiracy to uh, infect all those <laughs> around you? I'm sure. <laughs> well, thank you for chatting with me this morning. Sure. Uh, and, and being uh, the proverbial guinea pig. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I can't guarantee I, you there won't be dog barking or fighting in the background, but um, well, I'll try that's to the run real upstairs. World. Yeah. You don't need to run upstairs. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, you know, we, we uh, have talked a lot about a lot of things and I've just been thinking a lot lately with, you know, sort of the, the space that we're in and, and the origins of social media and how, mm-hmm. you know, it started as a context for us to connect with our friends and our relatives and and it was a great resource but now you go on Facebook and it's um it's a place that sort of that doesn't that the connections fall to the backside um as opposed to making money and forwarding an agenda and uh, yeah i'm just trying to find a way to connect with people yeah that, well um, and i think because of covid too we're not talking to people because you can oh, 100%. It's easier, right right i mean so i think I completely, it's yeah sorry go no ahead. go ahead <laughs> no go ahead no i think that's perfectly i agree with you 100% and i think what all of us have gone through since march uh is is going to shift potentially you know the way that we interact with each other and mm. and i think um perhaps cause some um, new psychological challenges for us as a society. Yeah. How are you doing with the whole situation? Have you settled um, in? What was, what was it like for you? Um, it was a crazy time because I've been in the process of moving and selling my house in the middle of all this. And so the realtor suggested that um, I move out completely so that no one was living in the house, mm-hmm. that people would be more apt to come in and take a look if they knew that there wasn't someone there. Um, and that's probably true. It probably did have an impact, but uh, I don't think it made me sell the house faster. So that has been stressful. Um, right, right. But Um, I really wanted to get Emma moved in and settled before she started college. So we probably would have moved over the summer anyway, but um, it it turned out well. It kind of happened fast because I was taking cues from her on, you know, we're going to have to move, um, but not wanting to 
overly upset her. But she just came downstairs in one day and said, okay, let's move today. Um, What do you think motivated that shift? Just for people who aren't aware, Emma is your daughter. She's 18 years old and she just started college. So what do you think motivated that shift for her? Um, I think, I'm not sure. I guess that she knew she had to do it and we may as well get it over with. There wasn't any, uh, I guess, um, anticipation of it being anything good. But we ended up having a good summer here all together. And she made a really good friend with the girl who lives in the house right next door. And they were inseparable by the end of the summer. (laughs) So now I think looking back, she probably wished that we would have done it sooner. Um, right, right. Because since they didn't have physical school, we would have had an option to do it a little bit earlier. Right, right. Well, and, and that and that leads me to to something else that I'm curious about. So Emma started college this year. Yeah. And in a normal year, uh, going off to school in that life transition um, can be significantly challenging for for you as a parent. And so I'm yes. wondering how you're navigating this additional challenge of um, all those things that go along with your child going off to school, but now you have this other thing that's sort of looming over everything. And so I'm wondering how you're navigating her being away from you at school, trusting that the school is doing what it can to keep her safe, trusting that she's doing what she can to keep her safe and um, navigating all all those things together. Um, you're right that it's certainly a significant challenge. Um, the school seems to be pretty open about what's going on. They're not trying to hide how many kids have gotten sick or put in quarantine. Um, but you get a bunch of 18 year olds together and some of them are not going to follow the rules. And I knew that going in. Um, but Emma has a lot of common sense and I trusted her to keep herself safe. Uh, And she thought about it too in advance because she asked me not for just regular surgical masks, but she wanted the N95 ones. Right. um, Because she didn't trust other people. Right. Um, I'm not sure how well that has held up. I know that within her small group of friends that she hangs around with, um, I'm not sure they wear masks all the time. Uh, But I know she does when she's um, going about campus and going to class. Right. Uh, not just because right. it's mandated, but because she is trying to keep herself safe. Right. But she had right. a hard time, uh, extra hard time making friends because, um, you know, when you went to any event that freshman week or when you went to eat, you had to six, six feet apart from everyone. And right. it was kind of hard for her to make friends. Right. Right. Her, her roommate ended up not coming probably because of COVID. And right. so then she had to navigate all this by herself. Um Right, right. Well, you know, I think we, I just look at my my own self, I think we have sort of settled into this pattern of acceptance. And so we, we created these bubbles around us and we've realized that, um, you know, this is just something we have to live with right now and life is yeah. sort of going on for people. I mean, we're not being, I'm not going to concerts, I'm not going to sporting right. events. I mean, this is the first year in probably 20 years that all of us won't be spending Thanksgiving together and going to the Oh, don't even, yeah, I just, it breaks my heart. Look, no, you're going to get me going and I I I can't, I've already got morning snot going on. (laughs) And so, um, 
But I think yeah. that that's interesting because, you know, I'm here in, in Asheville um, visiting uh, Brian and, you know, with our, with our little group of people, um, life is sort of going on as normal, but yeah. you know, not sitting in a restaurant, not, not doing all of those things again. And I think that the most challenging part is there's no end in sight. Right. I mean, it's like just the new, it's the new normal. And, and to be honest, I mean, this could go on for a while. Yeah. And so, so you as someone who works with teachers, you know, I, I have the utmost respect and uh, Brian's girlfriend here is a school nurse and several close friends here are, are teachers. And so I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, as someone who's been in education for a really long time and now has the perspective of teaching teachers, right? Um, how do how is this impacting that system now? And and is there a path back to being normal? Oh, I don't know. I really worry for teachers' mental health. It's it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of schools are back to face to face teaching here. Mm -hmm. um, not everyone yet, but Houston ISD is starting on Monday. Um, like at Hank school, you know, he teaches high school and uh, at Heights and they expect about 20% of the kids to come back. Mm -hmm. And so they've spent all this time, you know, separating, taking desks out of the room so that everyone mm -hmm. can stay the six feet apart. And he has a plexiglass shield he can teach behind. And of course he has a mask and uh, we got an air purifier with a UV mm -hmm. thing on it. So it's sitting right next to him. So it hopefully can help mitigate some of that. <clears throat> but I worry for, I also worry for the kids, um, yeah. not just the teachers. When they come back to school, they're being told that it's not going to be like a regular classroom. They still have to do everything online because you can't turn in papers. Right. <laughs> because right. it could have COVID on it. And so right. even though they're sitting in a classroom, they're going to be six feet apart from other people all day. And well, and, and I even, think that's the, yeah. right. I think that's the largest challenge that's, that's missing. You know, um, uh, Brian's girlfriend here has two teenage boys and yeah. I think we've taken for granted the importance of social interaction and emotional Absolutely. development with people. Yeah. And I think that that's the challenge just for all of us is that we're, we have no outlet. Right. <laughs> and the outlets we have are on a screen. And so I think that for me is what, is what worries me the most is how we're going to sort of repair ourselves as a society from not talking or interacting with each other. Right. And as far as my job, you know, I do professional development for teachers, which has to be online right now. And these poor teachers are already online seven days a week, either preparing for work or interacting with, um, mm -hmm. you know, faculty meetings or other teachers. And the last thing they want to do when they have some time off is to hop on a Zoom meeting to have some professional development. Um, right. So... I mean, I'm not worried about my, um, like losing my job. I think, you know, we're still doing things to help teachers, but um, it's just crazy. And I, right. I worry that, you know, Hank works seven days a week, like 12 yeah. hours a day, at least, if not more. Right. I mean, that's the thing I'm noticing just even from, from my perspective and shifting 
work to 100% at home, particularly living in a small place right. where I, I work 16 hours a day right. because I'm sitting at the couch and I hear something ding at the computer mm-hmm. and I walk over and look. And so that work-life balance is, is becoming a challenge for people. And being here in Asheville for this three weeks where the computer is downstairs and I have to go upstairs to the kitchen. Oh, that's good. Really has been a remarkable thing for me. But the school situation leads me to a question of, you know, I, I was thinking, you know, it's been 28 years that uh, you and I have known each other. Yeah. And um, I can't believe it's almost three decades. And uh, so back in, in 1992, and I, I've also sort of thinking about the, the strangeness of the whole situation. You know, it really um, is when you look back. <laughs> and why no one raised a red flag that, you know, this, t- this student and his biology teacher um, became friends. But I look at sort of the, the school culture at, at PVA and right. my family and your family, and no one really seemed to think it was weird. And, yeah. I, and so it was I'm weird. Yeah, it was weird, but I'm curious from your perspective, why, why it was weird, but it wasn't weird. Right. It seemed perfectly normal. And, um, you know, we were friends before you were in my class because we did that. I was helped sponsoring that teens for transplant right. uh, group that was trying to educate about organ transplant. And so we knew each other before you were my student. I can't remember if we went for coffee or you came to my room to talk to me before that or not. Right. I mean, I think that happened, but it's even, I just think to myself, you know, my, my, my grandmother, my granddad, my uncle, uh-huh. not batting an eye when I'm like, Oh, Lisa's picking me up at 9am on Saturday and we're going to go do something. Yeah. Like I think back in today's culture, yeah. like it would have been, what is this predator doing to you? Yeah. I don't remember doing a lot of stuff outside of school other than going to get coffee. I mean, going to coffee every morning at 7.30. Yeah, okay, there's the, there's the chorus. No, you're fine. And so, I mean, I, I guess I think I, I just, I guess in some ways, maybe, maybe looking back, it's validation. Yeah, I'm going to have to go upstairs. You're fine. <laughs> you're good. But um, I don't know. You know, I'm not the most outgoing person and I don't have a huge I have a huge circle of acquaintances that of course I'm cordial with but I don't have a big circle of friends um and you we just connected that's how it is with everyone that's in a close circle I don't really have a good explanation no I I agree with you 100 percent and I think you know, I had some, uh, I think you came along at a period in my life where I needed that connection. I needed um, someone to to be a friend, to be a best friend, to have those conversations with. And I know you were also going through some challenges right. <laughs> at that point in your life. And so I guess I just, I chalk it up to fate. <laughs> yeah, I guess it was. I guess it was. Um, so, I mean, I had adults. I mean, so everyone, if you're going to post this, I was going through a divorce. Right. right. And I had adult friends, especially friends at school, you know, Marty Gallery, Barbara Elmore. And I talked with them about those things, but I didn't talk with you about it. No, really. we didn't. And I think that's, and I, but I think that's, but I think that's the value is that all of that stuff didn't have to be talked about. We could talk about Hootie and the Blowfish. We could talk about ER. 
we could talk about drag queens. We could talk about, you know, things <laughs> right. that, 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 that weren't the challenges I was having at home with my family or yeah. the challenges I was having uh, with friends. I didn't have to be anything, right. which I think is a, is, is a great deal of value in relationships. And when I look at those relationships, I find most valuable in my life. It's those that I don't have to be anything other than. Yeah. Yeah. Just me. yourself. Yeah. Right. And I think. Yeah, it, I it, think. It, no, go ahead. I was just going to say, I think what crossed the line from just being friends at school that sit around and talk about stuff and occasionally get coffee into being like really best friends was when you came and helped me move. Uh, you weren't the I only got, one yep. who came. You weren't the only one that came, but that's sort of the cross between school life and home life. I and think so too. You, and it, right. Yeah. It once was my senior year. I think yeah. it was that senior year that, um, that, that we became close. And I, and I also wonder from your perspective, why, why has this lasted 28 years? Well, because you're you, you're wonderful. Why would I not want to keep you in my life? And I, you've well, been the you. most amazing. I feel the best same friend. way to you. So. Yeah, most amazing best friend anyone could ever have. And I'll have to tell well, you, Emma, when she went off to school, you know what she told me? She goes, I want to find a friend like Thomas. I need a friend like Thomas is you. Oh, and I said, baby stop. girl, <laughs> baby girl, I sure hope you do because that's the best thing that ever happened. Well, you, you know? have to stop because now the very white voice is going to come out, which is not. Uh, and I, but I, but I, but I look, Lisa, at at this almost thirty years, and yeah, you know, there are things ebb and flow, and what I appreciate is that, you know, we've been in different places in our life, mm-hmm. but the reality is, is I always know, no matter where I am, there's one place I can come back to. Absolutely. And and. I see significant value in that. And I just, I wonder, I wonder, and I worry for us as a society that we're becoming a place where connections don't matter anymore, where relationships are commodities and monetized. And I'm just, I'm, I'm wondering how we, how we can help those that are younger than us. Yeah. Understand what the value of this is, the value right. of this 30 years is. And what you just said to me, the reason that it stuck with me so much about um, what, you, what you said about Emma is that just by not even doing anything, I answered, well, we, I answered the question. <laughs> I mean, does oh, okay. that make sense? Simply by, by being an example, Yeah. Um, I think there's value and I guess, I mean, I'm wondering from your perspective, how you, what you think about this, the way connection and social interactions are changing, primarily because of social media. I mean, we don't talk to each other anymore face to face. Right. Well, that's true. I mean, we have some conversations, but um, I'm not overly worried about the impact of social media on um, like Emma's generation quite as much. Uh, They don't do Facebook. I've been told Facebook is for old people. Uh, Not that they don't do Instagram or, you know, she watches TikTok all the time, but she doesn't, that's not where she has her friends. Like she tends, she's very particular about what she'll even post on her Instagram page, almost nothing. 
And she goes back and scrubs it too, takes things out when she changes right. her mind about putting that out in the public. Right. Um, so I don't think kids share a lot of themselves on social media mm. like people our generation do. Right. So that's probably right. a good thing. Right. Um, right. You know, Emma has even more trouble making friends than I do. Right. Um, right. And so. But also when she does make a friend, she cares and loves deeply. Yes, yeah, she does. Yeah. Um, right. Well, speaking of caring and loving deeply and giving a piece yeah. of yourself, let's talk about love. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so, so uh, you're Twitter pated at the moment, as uh, Bambi would say. And okay. so um, you're like, I have no idea what you're talking about. I thought Bambi was from your generation. Uh, a little, well, I guess it is, maybe a little before my time, but I'm very old. <laughs> um, so I'm, I'm, I'm curious as someone who, who um, had resolved at one point that uh, it might just be you right. um, for the rest of your life. Right. How did, how did, uh, how did Hank happen? Um. You know, it's one of those things I can't explain it either. I just make connections right. with some people and some people I don't. You know, I decided to sort of um, get out there and date a little bit. And I did, but I didn't have a connection with anyone really. Right, right. Um, I had companionship, but not, not that connection. But right. uh, we were sort of matched together by people we know in common based on how much we both love to read. You know, it was sort of the um, only person I know who reads as much as you do is, and then you, they fill in the blank with either Hank or Lisa. Right, right. And so, <laughs> um, so I guess we had that love of books in common before we ever met. And we texted each other for a couple of weeks before I'm like, you know, this, I don't know. It's just hard meeting right, strange no, people no. in this day and time. But the minute we met for dinner, we, uh, you know, we were talking and just the whole world fell away. Right, and right. even though on the surface, other than reading, we really don't have that much in common. Um, right. I don't know that much about history. He right. knows nothing about science. Um, he's very into sports and I'm uh, challenged when it comes to that. What do you mean? I You're an avid football watcher. <laughs> For people who can't see my face, that's what sarcasm looks like. So. Um, well, I'm okay with observing. I'm not very good at the participating part. And he still likes to play. He plays tennis. And uh, of course, I don't know if you saw the post on Facebook that we got a new table hockey game. I did see. And you're you're loving it. You're loving playing he table a, hockey all the yeah. time. He took a picture of me to send to Emma. I didn't post that one on social media. <laughs> But, um, but, but he's getting me out of my rut so that I'm not, you know, right. playing an right. occasional game of table hockey is not going to hurt and it makes him really happy. So, right, <laughs> right. Plus, happy. it builds up brownie points. So, when you need him to do something <laughs> that he doesn't particularly like, uh, he well, doesn't have true. a leg to stand on. I, I so, hadn't thought about that. You see, I, I will provide, it. I will provide the manipulative point of view. Yeah. To help you, yeah. uh, I mean, I think one of the one of the observations, particularly when you started spending time with Hank, uh, and one of the things I appreciate um, and value most in you is 
is the dedication you uh, provided to Emma. And there was a marked difference in making decisions that were primarily focused on how is Emma gonna feel about this? Yeah. And decisions based on, I'm just gonna do what feels right for me and what I need and it's time for her to come along. And yeah. so I'm, I'm curious if you noticed that shift in yourself or if that was unconscious. Uh, no, I definitely noticed the shift in myself and um, I wouldn't have made that shift for anyone, but I knew what Hank and I had uh, or have is real right. and it wasn't going to go away and right. that it would be a good thing for her. Right. Um, right. And she's crazy I mean, I, about him. Right. But I mean, so, I think it also came along at the perfect time right. because I think it helped to sort of shift the dependency in your relationship because she was going to have to go off and be on her own. Right. Um, were there I, challenges I, with that shift, do you think? Uh, not for me, but I think there was for her. I think right. in the, the big picture that it probably is helping her knowing that I'm not at home mm. by myself, worried about right. her all the time. Right. Um, Right. And it, not that it wasn't hard to leave her at school because, oh my gosh, um, that was hard. Right. Um, right. Especially when she was crying, um, right. you know, but right. I left her yeah. and um, I, I certainly glad I had Hank there <laughs> for support for me. I mean, right. I was fine. 24 hours later. I mean, I, it was a done deal. I was good, but it was rough. Right. And I can't I can't look back at that and imagine having to drive home by myself after that. Right. Well, and so so when you think about her um, path, um, what are you most proud of? About this um, being that um, is growing into an adult or is an adult. Yeah, she is an adult. Moment. I'm super proud of her just because I like the person that she is. She's honest. Um, she's reliable. She has uh, some common sense. Um, she's definitely become more independent, and I'm very proud of that. I always saw that as my job. That's my job. Mm. I have to turn her into a human being that can function without me. Mm -hmm. um, um, I wish she had a little more self-confidence, and mm -hmm. I did the best I could with that. Um, but mm -hmm. I'm hoping that this college experience, being mm -hmm. by herself and doing things by herself um, helps a little bit with that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Well, and I, and I think um, that leads me into uh, a conversation about sort of the current state of our politics and being an independent thinker. Mm. And we don't necessarily, when I look back, we don't necessarily talk a lot about politics. No, and I don't talk I think about politics with almost anyone. So it's not right, just you. <laughs> right. I know. I know. But I, and, and I think this is a safe question to ask you is I'm, I'm curious from your perspective, how we got to the current situation we're in. You know, politically. I, yeah, I have no idea. I don't understand sort of the blind allegiance mm -hmm. to a person that seems right. to be prevalent with um, uh, hopefully not a majority of our population. Um, I've never been affiliated with a particular party. I vote right. mainly for the person. 
Right. And I look at how do I think they're going to do on the world stage? How do I think they're going to deal with the economy? And you have to look at all of that in a balance. And um, even though I've voted uh, all sides of the ticket, I never vote straight party ever. Um, right. It was very clear to me from early on that Donald Trump was just an asshole. Right. Right. And I don't want the leader of our country to be an asshole. And I was right. extremely worried about right. foreign policy. And, uh, you yeah. know, uh, well, I horrible. think that worry, I think that worry has has come true. And 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 we have talked yeah. about this, too. I can disagree with someone politically all day long. Yeah. But for me, it comes down to what I think is a decent human being. Exactly. And I think it just worries me that we have a I think I think. I think he got elected because of apathy. I think he got elected because people didn't vote. Because uh, yes, did not get off their butts. And it was a right. foregone conclusion that this could not happen in America. That we right. could not elect a reality TV star who no publicly degraded women, no right. political experience, who changed his opinion with the wind. That would never right. happen in America. Right. Well, you know, the sad thing up, is, people. The, yeah, the sad thing is the degrading things he said about women didn't really sway me because we're used to hearing that. It's horrible oh, to say, but we're used to it. It's when he mocked that disabled reporter. I was done. Yeah, yeah. I was done. Yeah. And I think I, I like I wonder and now it's on a daily basis whether I'm being gaslit because I'm like, am I hearing something different? Like, am I, I the stupid one? Am I the stupid one who just doesn't get it and everybody else around me is more enlightened than me and I just don't understand something? Because every single thing that's happened this past week demonstrates that this man needs to be removed from office. And Absolutely. I think to myself, I'm like, okay, maybe I'm the crazy one. Well, no, but it's not just him. What was it earlier this week? Lindsey Graham is like telling people to donate to his campaign in the halls of Congress. And no one says anything. It's against the law. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. And so I just have to hope there's some there's some greater purpose that's leading us to to some place of enlightenment. I think, you know, we're, we talk a lot with my with my friends here um, in Asheville, where, you know, I come here and it's, it's weeks and weeks of introspection and, and shaking rattles and shamanistic yeah. practice and, and being in the woods and all of this stuff. And I just have to hope that this is leading us to enlightenment. And I sort of feel like something is building and November the 3rd is going to determine whether or not we go into civil war or whether or not we move towards a better version of America because maybe oh, this four years yeah. has prepped people to make some radical changes. Yeah, especially in their glimpse. voting practices. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm encouraged yeah. by the lines for early voting around here. Well, yay um, for Texas. What was it, 40,000 yeah. people? The Harris County Registrar said voted in that first like seven hours that the polls yeah. were open. Right. And you know, those aren't the people who are gonna vote, well, I would assume, who aren't going to wait in line four hours to vote for 45. <laughs> well, though, I think his followers will. Oh, you're true. You're true. So, um, so in this, because in this... out in Atascacita, which is a little more red, a lot more red than where I live now. Um, uh, voting is crazy high. 
Oh, that's true. That's true. I mean, I have this vision of him being tased and drug out of the White House. Uh, I think we all would like to see that. We need someone to Photoshop it for us, if nothing else. <laughs> well, I think so. So where are you finding joy and bliss and in, in, in this time of, like, I just don't even want to look at the news or turn on the television anymore because I'm like, it can't get any worse. So where are you finding the the joy and the hope and the bliss and all of those things that seem to be lacking in so many places. Oh, you know, other than just being super happy in my little personal world, being in my mm. new house. Um, well, table hockey is really the pentacle yeah, of bliss. Yeah, I guess I'm just developing a love for table hockey. <laughs> I, I am enjoying seeing Hank. So happy that I will play with him. That's for sure. Um, Good. Um, but I don't know, no, I, I guess. I think that's the answer is, um, yeah, <laughs> it was the small things. Um, right. Right. I enjoyed having the time with this, um, uh, pandemic of being able to have that much time right. to settle in a new house and a new place. Right. So happy with where I am, um, uh, you know, geographically now Right. I have, I, I worried and worried about leaving, you know, Miss Connie next door, who's been mm -hmm. the most wonderful neighbor for the last 20 years. And I have amazing neighbors here mm -hmm. that we all have our little group chat that we share things about the neighborhood or just about what's going on in our lives. And even Cleo, the girl next door that's like Emma's new best friend, comes and knocks on the door just because she wants to talk to me and Hank. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so... Um, I, you know, I do find joy in those new relationships, um, right. but there's just so much stress. There's right. so much stress. Right. Um, well, and, I, and I'm wondering how we, how we get to a, cause we're getting into a time of year that tends to be sort of the, the social bedrock for how we process time with family and friends and oh. close and close people. And I'm, I'm wondering what stress. your thoughts are yeah. right on how this is going to be a different holiday season because yeah, it, how we have a solitary holiday season. Right. Um, I think my parent or my father is upset with me for not coming to visit. Right. Because right. everyone else has come to visit. And um, of course I'm not worried about catching COVID from them. I'm worried about bringing it to them. Right. Um but I talked with Michael about this, another good friend, a couple of weeks ago. And he's like, your father would probably, if he weighed the risk, he would rather see you and catch it than not see you. Right. But I don't I mean, I think I would with... concur with that too. But I don't know, knowing you, I don't think you would be able to live with yourself. Exactly. Do I want to live with the guilt of killing my 90-year-old father? Yeah. But then do I also want him and my mom to spend the holiday alone? Right. Because right. my family has sort of an every other year thing with Thanksgiving. Right. Siblings right. spend it with their uh, spouse's family. And this is the year that no one will come. Um, but except right. for me, because I always come. And so well, and I, and I think thinking, the, oh, yeah. if it's just us and not a huge group, that maybe it might be safe. Right. I don't know. I'm still trying to decide. Right. You I know, mean, it's I similar Right. I passed on a family wedding that was going to have like a hundred people come mm. and I still feel horrible that I didn't go. Yeah. 
Yeah. But I mean, I think it goes to visiting, you know, I, I um, head and visit my uh, family contingent in Nashville and uh-huh. it's just a different way of traveling. So maybe, you know, if you go for Thanksgiving, it's a week before you go and get a negative or you go and get a COVID-19 test and then you right. isolate yourself for a week before you travel. Right. I can do that and, because at my job, I work in a building all by myself. Right. <laughs> so I can, right. I'm I easily, I'm isolated anyway, but Hank is not, right. he's going to be at school. Right. That's what I mean. You would, you would have to sleep in a different room from him. Well, and not he would have to, with and him he for would, a week. right. And he would have to not go with me. Correct. And so that's, that's the challenge. But again, it's, it's the choices we're having to make now in order to weigh the, the risk and the benefits. There are consequences to either decision and which consequence are you able to accept? I mean, right. that's the, the consequence yeah, I know. of I know. your dad being mad at you or the consequence of potentially infecting someone. And those are the decisions that cause us, that, that's the impact of this, right. you know? Right. And there's no, there's no easy answer. There's no easy answer. Yeah. Uh, so what are you, uh, as we move on to a more positive topic to, uh, to wrap things up, what are you, uh, what are you, what's the last thing you read that you would recommend to lots of people and can't wait to read more things by the author? Oh gosh. Um, I'm not sure I really have an answer to that. I haven't read anything that made me wish that I had more to read afterwards. I haven't been reading oh, okay. as much mainly right. because like you said, we're all working 18 hours a day now. And to add to that, um, Hank has decided to go back to graduate school. Okay. And he's taking two courses. Um, and he's getting a master's in, uh, American history and mm-hmm. I'm his unofficial research editor. <laughs> So, so I spend a lot of time learning how to cite things in the correct Chicago format. <laughs> it's been a long time since, uh, you know, I've done academic work. Um, so I guess that's good for me. He does all the writing and he's a very good writer, but um, he's just done once the paper's done and he doesn't want to do the nitpicky details. Right, right. And he knows that I'm good at nitpicky details. So. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, you are. Oh. And directions. <laughs> well, that does give me joy because someone always <laughs> lets me give directions now when I'm in the car. True. Oh, I let you give them. I just have a nasty look on my face. <laughs> oh, you don't keep your mouth shut. <laughs> I don't know what it is in me that I guess it's the teacher in me. <laughs> I, I like to talk, give people directions when someone's driving. I don't want to drive. If I have a choice, I mean, I will drive, but um, if someone else will drive, I would much rather them do it. And I'm happy to tell you what lane to be in <laughs> and where you need to turn. Well, as, as a perfect metaphor, um, I am always happy for you to guide me into the right lane. Yeah. Uh, and I, uh, I love you more than words can express and couldn't yeah. think of any other person that I would want to start this with. And, and, um, this conversation went better than I thought it would. So, um, oh, good. I don't know if my life is that this. interesting to share, but the relationship we have is something that is very unique. I think and, so too. Um, 
Um, you know, you're you're my family. You're my little brother. I'm closer to you than my own brother. Um, the, and that's and, and that's that's the thing that I that I hope people that I hope people take away is is that we not get to a place where we take for granted those people in our lives. Yeah, that are the um, that are pieces of us. Yeah, I choose and to make you that my we're family. not alone, right? Right, and that we're not yeah. alone. Yeah, that we may feel alone at this point, but we're not alone. Yeah, and, um, and just for everyone out there, my family also considers Thomas to be family. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. From that first margarita I made that I didn't drink. Oh the, yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, so you. <laughs> You had to be driving, but not, oh no, drinking age is 21. Yeah, he would come to my house when my sister would visit and make us margaritas and I would not let him have any. So responsibleness and that started my uh, culinary prowess. Well, Lisa, thank you so much for uh, chatting this morning. And um, we're going to have to come up with some some virtual way to have a uh, Renaissance costume day via Zoom sometime in November. I mean, that I'm seeing people good. post, I'm seeing, you know, our Texas peeps posting that they're still going this year. And I'm like, that's not a yeah. risk that is worth taking. No, no, we are not going. Well, I got so. you. Well, I love you. Give my uh, regards to Hank and Emma when you talk to him. And I I'll will. Uh, see you soon. All right. Love you too. Bye. Love you too. Bye. Bye.